Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, here we go, honeys. Kirby to Beth Mead. Is this the moment? On the line. It's a goal. It's been given. Beth Mead blows the roof off Old Trafford. Unbelievable scenes. England get this tournament underway. Pops the veteran on the edge of the penalty area. Here's Lohman with the cross. There is. Welcome back to Upfront at the Euros. I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. 
At last, it's time. 24 days ago, 16 teams kicked off Euro 2022. Now, two remain, Germany and England. It's a historic occasion at Wembley, but most of all, a truly mouth-watering final between the two best teams of the tournament. Will endless years of hurt finally be put to bed under the iconic Wembley arch, or will Germany break English hearts once again? We're going to recap how both sides got here, discuss how they're going to match up, identify the key battles all over the pitch and give our predictions to everything you need to know about the final tomorrow it's all here so stay tuned this remarkable germany for so long the rulers of women's football in europe who are through to yet another final england will get their shot at glory guys I feel sick. Um, <laughs> I've been feeling sick for like two days and it's Saturday here we're recording. Um, so we've still got another 24 hours to go. Uh, I've luckily got an EFL game today to take my mind off things, but I can't stop thinking about it because it's everywhere. It's all over the news and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> It's my exact like, reaction, yeah. <laughs> We've wanted it to be all over the news, okay? This is great, okay? The fact that it's in your face and you can't get away with it is like away from it is everything. Chloe, they're ramming it down our throats. Oh my yes. god, help me. And I'm and I'm, I'm I'm eating it all up, to be honest. Um yeah, it's a big, big occasion and I feel just as nervous as you. I've thought about it nonstop since we got through to the final and now obviously we know our co- well, we know our competition, we know they're good, we know they're strong, we know they're efficient, they're ruthless. Uh, yeah, they're, um, they're tough ones, but that's what we wanted. We didn't want to go through to a final and face someone that we thought wasn't going to be a challenge and it was going to be an easy game. We want the drama. Come on, we're British. We love it. I don't know, I would have quite liked someone we knew we were going to thrash. That would have been quite an enjoyable day out at Wembley. And now we're going to have another, I feel like another game like Spain where like I'll just not enjoy the actual football until afterwards. And then, you know, hopefully know we win, go back and watch it again and have a lovely time. No. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this, this has been mad because um, I think in our hearts, we all thought there were you know we all wanted England to get to the final and we all thought that was a possibility with how well they've played on Serena Wiegmann before this tournament and obviously hosting and everything but still in the back of my mind I was like I don't actually know if they're going to do it and obviously a lot of us bought tickets to this final a very long time ago literally a year ago after the men's final the pre-sale went on sale for this tournament and like most of my friends we all bought them with the hope that England were going to get there, but not necessarily with the ex- actual expectation. And now it's come around, it feels like everyone's kind of lost their minds a little bit and doesn't actually know quite what to do because it's actually real. And I think no one quite thought about what would happen if it actually happened. Um, well, I don't think anyone anticipated it because all I can see across all social media is, uh, can I have a ticket to the final? Has anyone got a ticket to the final? I didn't get a ticket to the final and I should have done. So um, I think we were quite pessimistic, maybe as a country, um, that this wasn't going to be the situation. And I will put my hand up and say that I was one of those idiots. Um, <laughs> massive shout out to LinkedIn for hooking me up with a ticket. Really appreciate it. Um, but I mean, also... <laughs> Hashtag as... gifted. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag thank you for saving my life. Um, but yeah, I mean... I mean, as part of that campaign with LinkedIn and not to sort of um, 
throw them in too much here, but like as part of that was uh, my meeting with Carol Thomas, who was the second women's Euros captain um, back in the day for us. She was the first captain to reach 50 caps. And I went on this walk with her and sort of discussed the journey and how she felt about, you know, the possibility of England going to the final and, and what that meant to, to her and the squad. And um, I mean, she we, we had such a great conversation because it was all about, you know, how things have changed, how things have progressed, how we're still facing the same kind of battles in, in certain areas. And, you know, it was beautiful to be with someone who has been a massive part of our Euro European Championship history. And now for her to go to the game and see the Lionesses, the squad that she helped build in this final in 2022 um, is, is incredible. That's beautiful. Beautiful. I like that. I feel so like the world, the world is quite serendipitous sometimes. Like, obviously, this isn't quite the same at all. But what's open, I've been talking about is that 10 years tomorrow was, uh, 10 years ago, we went to see Team GB against Brazil at Wembley. Team GB beat Brazil 1 0. And the two of us went home and were like, we want to know more about women's football. Like, we'd like to, you know, get involved a bit more. And that was the spark that started Girls on the Ball. And then 10 years that day, we're going to be in Wembley watching Lionesses in a Euros final. And I just feel like surely Team GB won. Surely that means the Lionesses are going to win. Oh man, please. I've had so many messages back and forth on Instagram, WhatsApp being like, guys, I'm so scared. I'm scared. That's the, the best kind of adjective to describe how I'm feeling. But I feel like they've done something. They've, they've already achieved like the whole thing about the semifinals, the, this is the fourth in a row, all the heartbreak that's gone before. I feel like, not that the pressure obviously isn't off. It's a home year as you're at Wembley, you're playing Germany, but you have shaken that kind of semifinal ghost off you now. I feel like whatever happens tomorrow, football has changed in this country whatever happens massively and yeah I don't think that's gonna you know there's no way you can turn around now and call this tournament a failure whatever happens so for me I'm less it, it's a lot less like Spain at 80 minutes to go going oh god everything's going tits up and it's gonna be a everyone's gonna call it a failure and the newspapers are gonna trash them I just don't see that that's not gonna happen but let's not let's not be negative let's let's focus on England just, just the positives. And I think um, yeah, I was no, actually true. Um, true. preparing for this podcast last night and I was thinking, okay, what are the big takeaway messages here? And I 100% agree with you, Rachel, that I don't think it matters what happens with this, with the uh, with the win or whether we lose. It, it really doesn't. And I've made a list of like the positive <gasps> things of what this tournament has actually brought about. Okay, so that bear so with cute. me. All right. So we've already seen more eyes on the game than ever before. We've had history making record sales before we even reach the quarterfinals. A sellout opening game at Old Trafford sell out open uh, sell out games to teams that uh, to, to matches where England weren't even involved people who didn't watch football becoming interested in football people who weren't interested in women's football becoming interested in football the positivity around you know the women's football community is absolutely bloody huge right now with there's been no negativity around you know fans being involved in fights or towns being trashed or violence or aggression or anything like that as far as I've seen it's just been a purely beautifully positive tournament little girls going absolutely viral for losing their shit to Sweet Caroline sell out <laughs> record shirt sales and this incredible bloody pod so those are my big positive key oh. moments to take away from this tournament and one more the Lioness is playing some bloody good football that we can and all enjoy it's quality like footy. flair goals like mwah, love it 
I think that's for me, Rachel. Yeah, definitely. Like I was, I was doing an interview with Five Live yesterday, and the woman—I can't remember her name. It was their drive show, but she was like, "Oh, you know, isn't the impact of this going to be? You know, there's going to be such a big legacy, and and people are going to participate." And I said, "I think we put too much pressure on these events. You know, you were talking about 2012. After 2012, and she said, "Oh, there's going to be 87,000 people in Wembley." I said, "In 2012, I went to Wembley and watched USA Japan, and there were 80." Five eighty for seven thousand people in that stadium. So we've had these big moments before, and if we get too caught up on labour these things as as game changers, nothing changes. It's not it's not the first rodeo for something like this. But I think the real difference for me has been the way that the football's been talked about, yes. and that's what you mentioned about the flair and the quality is. Even just a few years ago during the Women's World Cup, so little of the coverage was framed in conversations around quality of football, around elite athletes, around, you know, goals and technique. It was all about inspiration. I mean, Phil Neville himself said, I think after one of England's wins that he was so in, in he was so proud of how his how his team had inspired little girls back home and for me that is not the first priority the first priority is winning a football match and I think this tournament has really shifted that um the only thing I am a little bit kind of frustrated about is there is so much momentum now to be capitalized on and I'm always I'm already kind of looking at WSL things coming up and like kind of rolling my eyes a little bit about some of the decisions for example City versus Arsenal being put on a Saturday night at 7 p.m. Firstly, no one's going to go to the stadium to watch that. I guarantee you there won't be more than probably a thousand people there. And no one's going to watch it on TV because Saturday night, 7pm, no one's at home or they're going to be watching Strictly or something else. So stuff like that annoys me because there's so much momentum here. And then you make silly decisions like that. There's no excuse now. There's a there's a World Cup next year. So it all the more reason to this next nine months, 10 months when we get to August when the season starts. You have to, have to capitalize. You will never have a warm enough, big enough audience with, you know, with an appetite for women's football. And if you don't capitalize on it now before a World Cup, like, what are you doing? We will get stuck into it. Um, and let's get stuck into the football um, because let's talk about England's route to the final because, I mean, really in um, all but one of their games and maybe for... 50 minutes of that game against Austria, they have pretty much pushed past and absolutely bulldozed most of their opponents. And um, we really only saw them under the absolute cosh in that quarterfinal against Spain and maybe a 15-minute period against Sweden and, and the second half or late in the second half against Austria. So for the majority of this tournament, England have been on top and have, uh, you know, dominated teams have um, absolutely swarmed them with uh, attacking opportunities, with goals, 20 goals scored, just the one conceded. Uh, it's been a roller coaster ride, mainly because, Chloe, if it wasn't for that Ella Toon equaliser in Brighton, we wouldn't be sat here talking about finals. So there is a sliding doors moment in which you know, a Spain potentially is going to Wembley, but they got it done. And that's probably where everything changed for this team. 
Massively. I think that was definitely our defining moment and our defining game. Well, obviously it was because it was a knockout stage. But um, yeah, I think um, what we've seen in this competition is probably the most consistent England that we've seen uh, in any other competition previously. Um, and again, we talked about the strength and the depth of the squad, the game management that Serena's uh, that had, the consistency with the actual squad selection itself, uh, and also the tactics as well have been consistent. She's consistently had the same subs, subs come on at the same time. So it's been a bit of a winning formula. I know we're going to talk a little bit later about you know whether that will be the case going into this game but you know we've seen in terms of the challenges that England have faces you know faced they've gone from you know games that have been fairly easily wrapped up you know we had the 8-0 win we've had games where they've been frustrated by the Northern Ireland block we've had games where we've come from behind in you know the, the Spanish game so and we've managed all of those situations and come out on top so whatever situation we face now going into Germany I think there'll be that level of confidence there that we've done it before we've now had big big games you know we've gone against Sweden we've gone against Spain you know Germany another big competition so um, yeah it's going to be the same kind of feeling but I think there's the same kind of confidence and calmness and collectiveness um, that we're going to see in, in other games and you know when you look at the social media of what England and the Lionesses are doing behind the scenes a lot of it is obviously the recovery which is uh, which was key uh, following the Sweden game but a lot of it is actually the girls enjoying themselves and just appreciating this moment and what it means for everyone and, um, and I think a lot of I think that's a massive part in it because the players not only want to you know get onto the pitch play these games be in these really intense um, situations but it's really um, nice to see that they're actually enjoying you know being a team enjoying the moment enjoying the experience and um, you know bonding off the pitch because I, I, I've always said that that's a massive factor in, in how you play on the pitch. I'd, uh, I'd have to agree with that I, I'd also say I think the fact that they've had a couple of moments during this tournament where they've been nervous. They've come out nervous. They came out nervous against Austria. They came out nervous against Spain. They were nervous against Sweden. And the fact that they got through that, that they knew they could, they played nervous. They played, you know, a bit frantic at times. Um, and they had players on the pitch who could identify that, who could say, like Leah Williamson against Sweden, every time she got a touch of the ball in that first half, she would take an extra touch. She would slow it down a little bit. She was, you know, trying to calm the team down. I think... Her leadership has grown massively throughout this tournament. Um, and I think moments like that will be really important for when they come out on Sunday because they're going to be nervous. It's going to be an insane atmosphere. It's an insane location against an insane, you know, um, team that we're playing against. So there's going to be so many elements coming in there. For them to know that they can play when they've got butterflies in their stomach and feeling a bit nervous or feeling a little bit frantic and still come through. I'm hoping that that kind of experience throughout the tournament will stand to them on Sunday. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I mean, although England have dominated so many of those games, it hasn't always been an easy ride. And, and Millie Bright especially has been an absolute rock at the back. Mary Earps, we, we, we did give her some love on the last pod, but she's been she's been really, really good when she's been tested because, Chloe, it's hard, isn't it, when, when you are spending a lot of the game on the front foot and then being forced into quick reactions when you haven't you know necessarily you had to had to be called upon like that is really hard to suddenly snap into it when your team's dominated for most of the game so I mean tell us how good Earps has been but also how good her back line because Serena Vigman has started the same team in all of these games and that is you know very unique because I don't know no other team I think in the entire competition did any of that. Um, well, I think I was reading that if she does start this next game against Germany in the same way, that it'll be the first time that's ever been done in any international tournament, um, which is incredible. But also, it's a winning formula. Uh, so, you know, why why change it up if it's clearly working for you? And I think, um, you know, get, touching there on, on Mary Earps and her, her performances throughout this, this competition, um, you know, I absolutely adore her, adore everything she's come, come and done this year for us. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the goalkeeper training that, that we actually do is about the intensity and it's in um, small bursts so you might not be doing anything for very long periods of the game and then all of a sudden you're called into action and in that moment it has to be explosive, dynamic it has to be quick decision making and she's exercised all of those things perfectly I mean there has been large chunks of the game where she's not really been called into action and then it has been that absolutely killer save like that one against them Sweden just just gone. Um, that was the that was the game changer. That could have completely altered the game. It could have completely altered our chances to be now in the situation that we're in. So for me, I think she's been key. When she's been called upon, she's been there. Um, and it's not just the things that she's done, you know, physically. It's also the the presence that she has. When you're at the games pitch side, you can continuously hear her communicating to her backline, telling them to push up or telling them to come home to relieve the pressure. And again, I know we touched on the stat last week about her being one of the most um, consistent and accurate pass players in the tournament I mean that that's incredible in itself as a, as a stat and um, that just goes to show that she's you know willing to have the ball at her feet willing to you know take charge be that kind of like fifth person at the back um, to relieve that pressure and I think she's um, done it outstanding um, and in terms of the defensive situation I mean we've only conceded one goal in, uh, in the entire competition so I think that says a lot, a lot about things so as a as a fivesome 
they're they're a bit of a bloody rock. Um, yeah, I wouldn't change that winning combo. And I know Daly obviously had that um, that little blip in the uh, in the Spain game, but she jumped straight back on the horse in the Sweden game, and she was one of our key star players in that. So I think it was the right decision to allow her to correct the mistakes that she made in in the Spain game, and now she's full of confidence. Amen. I don't really know what to add to that. Um, no, the only thing I was gonna say. Oh, here we go. I'm not gonna be a negative Nancy. Um. I still am quite nervous about the fullback situation. And uh, Rachel, I know you want to talk about the, the battles that are, are going to unravel on Sunday, but I am quite nervous because I do think Daly bounced back really well in that Sweden game. And I think it was quite clear that Wiegmann had told her not to push too high because she was sitting back a lot. A lot. She wasn't getting as much of the ball, but I think that worked in, in England's favour. But then obviously like bronze was bombing so high, she was leaving herself a little bit exposed. But I think there was something deliberate there with Daly just sitting back a little bit. But it still does make me quite nervous, the fact that we have someone who's not massively familiar with the position and then Lucy Bronze, who is so on the front foot all the time. Those battles are, are, are making me very nervous, Rachel. Yeah, I also think as well, we're just, we just have it in our bones now to be nervous about England's backline. It's just because over the years, that's been our area where, uh, where we've been nervous. I agree, Lucy Bronze made me nervous against Sweden. Um, I know she ended up scoring the goal, that was great, but uh, I did think she got forward a lot and Freely and Rolfo was able to expose that um, <clears throat> gap that she left. And for me, when we were looking at the, the France-Germany game, I feared France more in terms of I thought their wingers would exploit our fullbacks quicker in the first half. And that worried me that if we were to face them, that in no way means I'm not worried about Germany, Jesus. But I just felt like <laughs> France could potentially get an early goal or two using their wingers. And that scared me. But I do think with Germany, what's really interesting is I think two of the standout defenders has been Millie Bright and Hegering. I think two of the standout midfielders has been Oberdorf and Kira Walsh. And obviously your two key forwards have been Beth Mead and Alexandra Pop, both on six goals, both gunning for golden boot. Like it's the, it just feels like the perfect final. Everyone's matching up here. That's where the battles are going to be. How is Bright going to deal with Pop in the air? Both are very good in the air. You know, Hegering dealing with Beth Mead. There was a moment in that um, France-Germany game where Salma Basha got into the box, received the ball. It was almost a carbon copy of Beth Mead's goal against Sweden she received the ball she was given time to receive it take a touch and turn and shoot and she missed and I remember thinking to myself if that was Beth Mead given that time and space she will put that in the net so there are little areas that you can identify I know we're nervous about our, our fullback sometimes there are little areas with Germany that I think we could exploit too um but I thought, you know, Svenja Huth was brilliant down the wing. You know, I think Lucy Bronze will have to to take her on. She was very, very good against France. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be little battles all across the pitch that's just going to make this such a tasty match. I think um, the, the battle that I'm most excited about is that pop versus bright battle. Um, I think as two big sort of, you know, headering geniuses um both from you know attacking and defensive perspective i think they're the ones that is going to be they're the ones that i think are going to be the um the determiners of the game i think obviously she's a very physical player very physically dominant but then so is bright um but i think that that's going to be the biggest battle for me the one that i'm going to be watching um because i think bright's going to have her hands full i'm just hoping for no pop flops in the box um, pop flops <laughs> yeah winning herself a penalty somewhere that's that's what worries me but she hasn't been doing as much of that this tournament she's scoring goals she doesn't need to yeah I mean that's probably the most terrifying thing isn't it um the the form that both teams are in is exceptional 
Um, let's talk about Germany's route to, to the final then. Um, I think I went to two of their group games, their quarterfinal against Austria and then their semi-final. So I've seen a fair amount of them. Um, and I would say there are similarities with England in a sense that their, their defence has been very organised. Uh, you know, they, they've had a, a very solid back four and they've had firms behind the back four who's had a really good tournament as well. Um, and that goal against France was the first goal that they'd conceded all tournaments. So similarities to England in terms of, you know, how how solid they've been at the back. And then going forward, although they haven't scored as many goals as England, and I, I don't think they're as free-flowing as England, they are so ruthless and clinical. It doesn't take much for them to be efficient and get on the score sheet. And what was it in the... Um, in the Spain game, two shots on target, two goals, job done. Um, they are just so well organised and and so in tune with each other and such good technicians on the ball. Um, I think for me that probably what is what makes them so dangerous because you just can't fall asleep for for two seconds. It's not like I think when you when you play Spain and you can kind of feel like well as long as we try and let them have the ball but keep them as far away from our goal as possible and force them to take shots from distance we might be okay with Germany it's just like they've got so many outlets to punish you with that's what makes them such a good team um, and it's been quite a transformation too for them over the last couple of years because you know uh, Martina von Tecklenburg came in uh, in 2019 and, and their recent major tournament history hasn't been the best, you know, got knocked out in the quarterfinals in 2019, but they last won the Euros in 2013 and having gone beyond the quarterfinals in a major tournament since. So this has been a, a great kind of rise back to the top for them and also the resurgence of a player who deserves so much, so many, so much love, deserves all the flowers, Alexandra Pop. And there's something about the destiny of that, Rachel, which is also quite terrifying from an England perspective. It's like everything is kind of coming together. All the pieces of the puzzle are kind of linking up. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, you can say that for both teams, though. There's like, there's an, an element of that kind of, oh, this is their moment for both teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it can be scary. I think the thing is, though, about that team as well is they're so young. So, again, whatever happens for them... This has been a massive resurgence and I think they'll be in, in finals for major tournaments to come over the next few years. Um, but I think the game we, we played against them in February, obviously in the Arnold Clark Cup where we won, they were missing a huge number of um, key players due to COVID and injury. Um, but I think they've all come back in together and it's like they've been playing with each other for years and Martinez managed to get that from them. I think Serena has done a similar thing where she's managed to get the team understanding the game plan, understanding each other and how they play. Um, I will say as well, the German press scares me. The German press is excellent. And I think because they know where each other's meant to be, what the game plan is and how they, they read each other well, everyone's on the same page when they press. Um, so that's probably another area that England need to be very, very switched on for. Um, Alexander Pop, you know, I, I wasn't always her biggest fan during kind of domestic and European football. I just felt like she dived around the place a lot, but she has massively grown over the last few years. It's amazing to see her in this tournament, her resurgence. She's had such 
like being so unlucky with major tournaments, not scoring, being injured, to think she'd never scored in a major tournament before is wild. Um, and apparently, I saw this on, on Twitter yesterday, there had been stuff in the news, it must have been German news, about how she plays her physical appearance and the way she plays is very male and like, you know, kind of saying stuff like this about her. So she rocks up into the press conference with her mask on, takes her mask <laughs> down and she's drawn on a mustache. And uh, the other player in the press conference is like, oh, hi, Alexander, it's Alexander Pop. <laughs> so she's also got a sense of humor, which I like. Um, so yeah, I think for both teams, there does feel like, both teams feel like this is our moment. So it, all of this coming together, just it makes it really hard to call, but it also makes it like the perfect final, which, you know, I just, yeah, really whets the appetite. Well, this is what I was saying at the start about wanting the drama and the challenge. And you guys were like, no, it'd be great just to have, you know, Portugal in the final or something and just know that it was going to be a bit a less a less of a challenge not an easy game less of a challenge um but I have to agree I mean you know Germany one of those sides they've got such a long history of winning major international tournaments and I just hope that it stops tomorrow um but I mean they are a really ruthless and efficient side I mean they've only conceded one goal and they did in fact score that themselves so that is how efficient <laughs> they are they're so good we don't need other people to concede <laughs> Like, we'll do it yeah. for you. <laughs> Literally that. Um, I also want to talk about Alexandra Pop's love of animals because she's been... Zookeeper. Um, she's Qualified been, zookeeper. What the fuck? She's been going to, to um, London Zoo a couple of times and um, that's basically the way that she, she kind of relaxes in her downtime. She likes to hang out with the animals um, and I love it. I think it's brilliant and she seems like such a cool person. I think she looks like... Such a smiley person, such a such wonderful um, energy, but then absolutely ruthless on the pitch. I mean, what a phenomenal person! There's been some incredible um, behind the scenes, you know, part time jobs going on, wasn't? Um, who, who was it that was a balloon? <laughs> Nicky Everard, Nicky Everard, Belgian goalkeeper, a was a bouncy castle. The bouncy like, castle, not balloons. Chloe decided she was a balloon, like physician or something. I don't know, but uh, she's a bouncy castle salesperson, I think. I'd love to do an audit of the jobs that they get up to behind the scenes <laughs> that they shouldn't have to do. Exactly. Have to Amen, do. sister. Um, we also have to talk about 2009 um, oh, because this is not the first time that England and Germany have met in a final. I was at a conference over the course of the last two days and, and Kelly Smith was there and she was asked about that final. And um, I think what was so frustrating for England, I mean, they lost the, that game 6-2 and the scoreline doesn't really show the whole picture because Kelly Smith was, was, was reflecting on the fact that, you know, England were well in that game for an hour and then uh, Germany just took control in the last half an hour of the game and just absolutely tore them to shreds. And England, England totally collapsed, almost like the way we saw, you know, Norway and Sweden do against against England this tournament is, you know, those moments where teams just, you know, they, they can't find a way back and they're, they're so lost. Um, so I think the only, the only person still standing from that tournament would be Jill Scott. Um, she's obviously competing in her... 10th major tournament uh, and she could finally come away with a medal um, I don't think the final is going to be like that because I personally think it's going to be very tense and very close and a lot of these uh, knockout games have been like that this tournament finals traditionally are not the most high scoring ones obviously that 6-2 is, is a slightly different situation um, but it's it's been such a, a long road for England and in a way Germany to get back to this point and almost reunite in this final because 
They played each other in the Arnold Clark Cup in February. England won 3-1, but it was a very depleted uh, uh, Germany side. There was no Lino Bedoff. Obviously had a fantastic tournament, being one of everyone's favourite players. He's a phenomenal midfielder and just an absolute beast. And there was no Alexandra Pop that day either. Uh, so two of the Euros standout players were not in attendance. There was a bit of a COVID and injury issue within that squad. I think they were missing, what, like 11 of their first team players, Rachel? So yeah. this is a whole different story. But the the actual genuine progression in a very short space of time even since then but across the last sort of year of both these two sides has been exceptional hasn't it Rachel yeah I I just I gotta praise the managers I think that's probably been a massive thing for both sides um Baroness Sue Campbell called Sir Inveekman the missing piece of the jigsaw probably the same for Germany um you know and I think when you get that recipe right this is this is what the result is um, and I'm just hoping then, you know, we've got a World Cup next year that both of these teams continue to, to grow and to rise the way they have done. So, yeah, it's, it's been great because obviously Germany being a, a powerhouse in the women's game, um, although I'm sure we all enjoyed them not getting to finals quite so regularly, especially when we were playing against them. But um, and to see England kind of rise back, it felt like we, we had gotten really far up the rankings and then kind of started to fall back a bit. So it's great to see them now up there as well as a powerhouse um so yeah it's just it's like like chloe said the story the drama yeah it's um i, I think that i think you're completely right rachel I, th- I feel like i say that quite a lot it's um you and me chloe yeah it's quite same um, wavelength yeah just um flo will get on board at some point don't worry. at some point yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i think uh, you know serena we forget sometimes that she's been in the job less than a year is it Less than a yeah, year? September. Ten, ten months. Um, and in that time, we've obviously won the Idle Clark Cup. We've built a squad with the, the squad cohesion within a year is bloody massive given the changes that have taken place. The youngsters that have come in and also keeping the um you know, keeping some of the, the big old favourites, the Millie Brights, uh, Jill Scott's still in there, Nikita Paris, and and you forget also that we've had a change of captain as well. I mean, we've gone from the era of Steph Horton to now the uh, era of Leah Williamson and mm. um you know, a lot. Of, there's been a lot of transition this past year, and to now sit in a Euros final in your host country, leading them out there is going to be huge. And I think, um, do you know, the, the the biggest thing that I'm worried about actually is the fans because I think mm. um, we're going to get into the stadium and I think it's going to be quiet for the first 15, yeah. 20 minutes because Bring everyone the is going to be shitting themselves. And it's not like we're. Um, you know, we have the trumpets and the drums going every now and again, but I don't think the German fans kind of bring the same kind of Swedish energy to the games. So I think it's going to be quite a quiet Wembley uh, <laughs> <laughs> until until a goal happens. And then I think it will start to pick up. Um, and I'm just hoping that it's us that picks it up. Um, but yeah, it's been a big year for England. So I think this is, um, you know, credit to the whole team, but credit to, to Serena for doing We're all getting wonders within less than a year. tattoos, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, getting an, I'm getting a tattoo if they win, but I'm not sure what yet. So okay. TBC, but... We can right. have a workshop on that. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll, do, we'll take us to a poll. One of the things I'm generally worried about, Chloe, is the fans because Bramall Lane was tense. There were some very quiet periods in that game. And this is another level for this team. We've had 70,000, we've had 30,000, three times over, four times over, how many times over? But now we're getting to 90,000. That is a whole different ball game. I know they played in front of, what was it, 77,000 in that Germany game. Back in November 2019, which Germany won 2 1. I think Pop scored that day, didn't she, Rachel? So um, Ellen White, just FYI. Yeah, but. Ellen White, I mean, White. True. Um, so this is, it's going to be like, 
when you come out of that tunnel and it hits you and you see all those people like you can't you can't practice for that you can't train for that and uh, I just really hope that they they can take it in their stride and it doesn't overwhelm them because I think we've seen some really nervy moments from England this tournament we have but we've also seen like what I've enjoyed is when they go down and have a corner and they're doing this to the crowd or when something goes well or they score a goal or they make a tackle and they turn to the crowd and they kind of, you know, engage with them. That's probably something they've been told that to be allowed to do. Um, and it probably makes it less scary rather than like trying to ignore the crowd, which you just, you can't do. That kind of engagement, knowing that you can get them going, you can be like, yeah, come on, they can do the same to you. Um, so maybe we'll see a bit of that. I think when they, like, they're going to come out of the tunnel, the roar, the anthems, like, that's going to get them going. And I think we might see a little bit of that, a little bit of that kind of engagement between player and, and crowd. Yeah, you've got to use the crowd. You've got to use, and I think they have. I mean, after the game, I think they've stayed around for sometimes up to half an hour, you know, going around, speaking to people, signing shirts, you know, dancing, wearing cowboy hats, the whole shebang. And it's been them, it's been phenomenal that they've actually utilised the crowd. You know, the nerves for the opening game. If you can get over an opening game in Old Trafford with 70,000 people there, another 20,000 is going to feel like a drop in the ocean, to be honest. So I think they've already had big games, sellout crowds. They're going to be used to it by now. Martina Vos Tecklenburg said uh, it was going to be a great football feast and uh, yeah I I, I couldn't agree more I think it's going to be tantalising sumptuous um, and I just can't wait to get there I just I just need England to win though I just need it to happen we all do Um, I'm going to have to though go and ask you guys to stick a flag in the sand because we know what time it is it's flag in the sand time Chloe, you go first. Give me your predictions for this one, please. Jesus Christ. I think it's going to be 2-1 England wrapped up in full time. I think it's going to be two goals and I think it's going to be 1-1 going into half time. And I think we're going to nick the second goal in the second half. Okay. You took the words out of my mouth. Uh, I think it's going to be 2-1. I can't do extra time, so I won't. Um, quite nice. frankly, if it goes to extra time, I'm just going to leave. Uh, so I'm going to say 2-1 in, in 90 minutes. But also... The rabbit, who has predicted every England result, has pulled out England for this one. And I've just, I'm just going to trust him. He's been right all along. So I'm going to try and just not get nervous and just go with his prediction. Yeah, Scotty, he's been better than Farah this tournament. Better than Farah. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm going to go for an England win. I, I, I agree. I think it's going to be nervous. I think it's going to be tense, Chloe. I think it's going to be tight. But I'm going to go England to Germany 1. It's going to happen. It's gonna we happen. all think and the same. We're it, all on the same page. It's, it's sure as hell not going to pens, I'll tell you that much. Oh, I, will, I will not be watching that. I will be throwing up in the concourse. <laughs> um, well, guys, the next time we're going to be speaking and doing a pod is going to be after, after the final. We're going to be getting together in the back of Rachel's van <laughs> and recording a pod after the final whistle. Um, who knows what kind of state we're going to be in. I just hope we're going to be celebrating an England win um, and we're going to be doing it straight after the final whistle. So you'll be getting our instant reaction, which could be great. It could be painful. <laughs> it could be legendary. It could be iconic. We'll have to it wait and see. It might not make any sense. We might, it be might not make any sense. It might just be slurring. We might just be in tears. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you as always for listening to Upfront. If you've got any questions, you can tweet us at Football Ramble, at Floyd Tweet for myself, at Girls on the Ball for Rachel or at Morgie underscore 89. You'll hear from us all tomorrow night from Wembley Way after England's chance to make history. We'll see you then. 
Upfront is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.